Heart. You gotta have heart. Miles and miles of heart. What is heart? Heart is running through a return man when the game is on the line. Heart is giving everything you have in practice, day after day. Heart is finding the strength to run down the field one more time when you can barely breathe. The heart in me pumps Husker Red. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Five Heart Podcast, brought to you by Coordination.com, hosted on JitteryMonkey.com, part of the Jittery Monkey family of podcasts. My name is Greg Mahochko. Joining me, my right hand, Hoss Reuter. Hoss, how are you, sir? You know what? I'm hanging in there. Well, that's good. I mean, I know we're going to talk about it later in the show, but you uh, you, your schedule has really amped up, uh, and you're going to be a busy man for the next couple of months. Um, and we'll, we'll get to that. We'll, we'll share that sad news uh, here a little down the, the road. But you were a conflicted individual come Sunday night, were you not? Yes, I was. I have followed the Chiefs and been a Chiefs fan since I was about 12. 13 years old, the year when Dante Hall ran back like 7 billion punts in one season. And um, I also have a lot of love for the New England Patriots organization. You know, Belichick's the best coach in the world. Probably the best coach ever. I mean, they should rename the Lombardi Trophy the Belichick Trophy. Nope. All right. And and that's the end of our show. Have a good night, everybody. Don't forget to tip your weight That's the the end. Uh, I... I'm. I feel so deflated right now. Speaking of New England Patriots, uh, <laughs> that I don't know if I can go on with the Five Heart Podcast after such blasphemous words like that. Um, it's understandable. So let's move on. By God, we have to. If we don't move on, if if that was the last thing, and you know, like went to black, and and then everybody would be distraught. So let's move forward, shall we, and talk about uh, happier things like Nebraska men's basketball crap. Uh, uh, yeah, about that. We're going to touch on it, and then we're going to move on. Because Sounds I, good. I do have a few uh, topics in mind to talk about. And John Dam Johnston might be joining us. Uh, we, we sort of bumped up the uh, uh, recording time. Just getting out of the <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, they said he. How, I don't, see, I don't even know how the song goes. Was something about they had to go to rehab, and he said no, no, no. That or he said ho, ho, ho because he's delusional because he's old and he thinks he's Santa Claus because he has grayish white hair. I don't know. Did you read uh, read his state of coronation address over the weekend? I did not. Basically, he admitted to being about five hundred years old. Okay, so it's 2019, 500 years ago, 1519. Damn, so he was alive when he could have gotten me like a autographed copy of Niccolo Machiavelli's The Prince. I was thinking that, you know, we, we've always joked about his time uh, spent serving uh, in the U.S. military in Korea. Yeah. But I'm thinking we could go back and he'd probably be around. And, and I Googled just to make sure I was spelling it right. But I didn't look at the years, so I may be wrong. But he was probably around for the Hundred Years' War. Hundred Years' War? Do you think he might have even been around for, like, do you think he was with Pizarro 
and Cortez when they landed in Mexico? No, because I think if that were the case, uh, we would have seen a lot more mustaches on those ancient glyphs. <laughs> you think that if that were the case, it wouldn't be John Johnston, it would be Jose Johnston? Juan. It would be Juan Johnston. Juan Johnston. Damn it. Juan Johnson, that's got a nice ring to it. Um, we're Juanito Johnson. Johnson. <laughs> we are one or two more uh, state of coronation addresses away from reading about John Dam Johnston, uh, the famous uh, Roman gladiator. We're not that far away. If he he will. So do you think he served under? Julius Caesar in like when they attacked Carthage? No, actually, if he, I think he would probably would have been a, a Carthaginian. Probably, he's a wild man. I I think he he would have been with Hannibal uh, and yep. the elephants and going uh, up over the Alps. That's right, and that worked very well for Hannibal. Gosh, we should just like become authors and like write a series of books like John Johnston interdimensional historical time traveler that would be amazing and everybody who listens to this show routinely would get it and you know what 7 billion other people on the planet would be very confused (laughs) it it wouldn't surprise me if John Johnston was the second shooter on the grassy knoll now why'd you have to go bring politics well, you know, he probably thought, you know, he probably wasn't too happy when JFK didn't, you know, provide air support at the Bay of Pigs. Too tsunami. John, John Dam Johnston hates commies. Too tsunami. I don't. I. I, I don't know. Um, I would much rather think of uh, John Dam Johnston, especially in his later years, as a peaceful uh, individual. I don't. You know, I don't. Or maybe he worked for the CIA. Do you think he knows where uh, Jimmy Hoffa's buried? Oh, I bet he's the one that buried him. <laughs> I bet I bet he could tell us just countless national state secrets. I wish he was with us right now. Because You know what? Even I, bet, it, I bet he forgot most of the things he's done in all his travels because of all the wine. You know, he's got that wine-soaked rat maze of a brain. But... His memory fuzzy stories would be just as entertaining. Oh, absolutely. Because you just fill in the details with whatever came to mind. Because he's John Dam Johnston, That's our right. venerated leader. There's a only vote one. for John Dam Johnston is a vote for America. There's only one. And uh, I don't even know how we got talking about John. Uh, oh, the state of He's the, like uh, Miller High Life, you know, the champagne of beers. He's the champagne of mustaches. That's another topic that I really want John to be in on that one because there are some pretty yep. famous mustaches uh, over time. Let us go back briefly. <laughs> we mentioned it. Let's at least ex- expound a little bit on it. Uh, the Huskers lost a uh, – first of all, they won a, a good road game. Uh, they, they won two in a row. They, they aren't – Darn near had a, a winning streak put together with wins over Penn State and Indiana, especially that Indiana game being on the road, turning around and losing at home to a good Michigan State team, a, a top-ten 
ranked team, 70-64. to 64. And then going on the road earlier this week, and really, I don't know if the score indicates how, how close or, or not so close the, the game was, but losing by 7, 76-69 to uh, Rutgers and when they were favored by 15, 20 points, something like that. And then they have Ohio State and Wisconsin coming to uh, Pinnacle Bank in, uh, well, within the next few days after people listen to this. Ohio State uh, on Saturday, the 26th, in the Coaches versus Cancer Suits and Sneakers game. And then Wisconsin on Tuesday night, January 29th. It is um, it's a couple of crucial, you know, it, it is now, we're at the end of January, it is the crucial stretch for Nebraska ball, uh, Haas. And, but this is also the time when they start stringing some uh, a fair amount of wins together. They did it last year. Well, it's interesting that we're talking about this because last I recall, basketball season doesn't start till March. No, 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 no. Postseason basketball doesn't start until... Oh, I'm sorry. I, I confused my own basketball viewing habits with actual basketball. Um, yeah, it's, it's a crucial stretch. You're Getting into kind of like in the NFL, you know, the month of December is the stretch round in college football. It's the month of November. You got to start stringing together some wins. And right now it's kind of it's kind of disappointing to think back and think, did Nebraska ball peak on December 8th against Creighton? Because I mean, you're not even a third of the way through the season at that point. And... You don't want to be peaking then. You want to be peaking later in the year as it gets close to tournament postseason play. And so you just you want to see Nebraska basketball put to, string together some wins. You know, was it we've lost four of the past six games? Correct. Um. Uh, yeah, four of the last six. Uh. I mean, but also you you could also go back and say, you know, since the middle of uh. December is for the last nine. I mean, so it's just, you know, it's it, it, it's an unfortunate stretch that they're yeah. in. Um, but and uh, you know, when when teams get into a rut like this, you know, guys start to kind of point fingers and buy-in kind of drops off. You know, after this past football season, if I could go the rest of my life without ever uttering the phrase "buy-in," you know, I'd be a very happy man. <laughs> but. When buy-in drops off, guys start pointing fingers. The malcontents kind of rise to the surface. You start to really feel snake bit. And so all it's going to take is just, you know, one game that Nebraska goes out there, plays really well, gets a win. And from there, you know, it's kind of a compounding effect. You get one game. And, you know, you ride that momentum from one game onto the second game. It's a little easier to prepare and practice, you know, hard when, you know, you had something to show for it with a win you know, a few days or before or the last week. So if one, you know, if they can just get one, you know, the results will start coming in. You just, now in moments like this, it's like when Nebraska football started 0-6, you know. Sometimes you find rock bottom and there's not much, you know, you can't go down any further. So, you know, you use rock bottom as a launch pad to jump back up. So I want to see it. I want to see, as much as I joke about basketball season not starting until March, I want to see Nebraska in the dance. I want to see Nebraska win a damn game in the dance. And, uh, yeah. 
And here's the thing. Uh, I mentioned that the next two games are at home, Ohio State, Wisconsin. Uh, four of their next six are at home, uh, with the exceptions being uh, a game on Groundhog Day at Illinois in Champaign, and then a week after Saturday the 9th at Purdue. And then you have Legends Night, which is also going to be at home uh, against Northwestern. That's uh, Saturday, February 16th. Then they go back on the road at Penn State. They're on the road at Michigan and Michigan State to close out the season with uh, a a home game February 23rd against Purdue. Lots of opportunities, lots of winnable basketball games for this team. And really it's a – I mean, this is – this is crucial. I mean, there's, there's yep. a, in my opinion, there's a job on the line. Uh, I don't know if it's probably not going to be said publicly or anything like that, um, but, but I think that, you know, Tim Miles' future is at stake. And I've said from the beginning, you know, I, I want him to be successful. I mean, I don't think any Husker fan, you know, is going to, you know, let me rephrase. I don't think any Husker basketball fan is going to say, you know, let's burn it all down. Uh, you know, and, and start over. I think a few football fans said that, you know, especially at the beginning of the you know, Mike Riley's third year. It's like, well, you know, if, if they perform poorly enough, he's out of here and we can get somebody that, you know, will will lead us back to the promised land. And sure enough, that's kind of what happened, or at least what we hope happens with, uh, you know, Scott Frost. But, but like I said, uh, circling back, uh, winnable games, just got to, you know, do – Play if they played every game as well as they played that Creighton game, they're they're dancing. You know that, that's my opinion. Yeah, and they could be a dangerous team in the dance. Um, let's we talk about uh, the men's basketball. Let's touch briefly on women's basketball. They are not boasting as good of a record uh, for the season. I believe uh, they are in, in action. If I were remember correctly they're in action this past you know thursday night we're recording this folks on wednesday it's dropping on friday so they're uh, in action last night so we don't have the results of that but they're nine and nine overall four and three in the conference uh and they have split their last four games they have won uh a, a nice game against minnesota a ranked minnesota team and they won on the road at illinois losing uh to Rutgers and maryland at home uh, the two games before that, and again, they're in action uh, Thursday against Northwestern. That game's already uh, in the books, and they're back in action now. So, uh, Wisconsin on the road at Madison on Sunday. So uh, I think next week we're going to try to get Jill on the show uh, to fill us in on all the happenings that's going on with uh, women's basketball because it's been an up-and-down season for them as well. Yeah, so such is the nature of Nebraska winters. You're just eager for wait. How, how many days until spring football? God, I, what's that start like March? I want to say like March fourth. I think. How, what's the countdown till uh, first game? Well, I think it was at about two hundred and eighty-one days on Black Friday, and let's see, that was seven thirty-one, thirty-eight plus twenty. Three, actually counts. So we're at about 217 days. I'm going to fact check that just because I know there's one Twitter account out there that will know. And God, that technology, is, man. Well, I mean, yeah. it, it, it's our friend hashtag targeting. Oh, friend of the program. That's right. Uh, and she always has the countdown 
Let's see if I can find it here. Oh, come on now. Okay, 11 hours ago. So, again, this is on, on as of January 23rd, 219 days. Is that what you said? Yes. Well, I said 217. So, 217. I'm not a math major. No, that's okay, because it's 217 as of the day that it, this episode drops. So, you were technically right. Just like Bill Belichick. All right, everybody. That's uh, our. We've had some fun. We thought that uh, the episode a couple weeks ago with uh, Mitch was going to be the shortest episode in history, but if we're going to keep talking so positively, not we, if Haas is going to talk, uh, keep talking so positively about Bill Belichick, I don't want any part of it. Hey, hey, man. Haas, can, can you, you say, hate the player, hate the game. Say, say, just say one mean thing about him. Like, say that you hate his stupid face or something. You hate I think he has horrible. I think he has horrible sideline attire. Okay, I can handle that. I was going to say seriously. Like, why would anyone cut the sleeves off of a hoodie? I don't know because he's an idiot. Like, you know, like I, I have some pretty you know, good sized arms, but when I buy a hoodie, I'm not buying it to show off. You know, he, cut the sleeves off of it. Th- this I'm buying is a, it to keep me warm. His sideline attire is so atrocious. Because he's too busy taking a little bit of air out of the balls. Maybe uh, spine. Spine, doing a little spine, that's right. That'll be interesting because uh, this is a rematch of the infamous uh, Spygate game when uh, the Patriots, of course, uh, notoriously uh, were, you know, filming illegally the St. Louis Rams walkthroughs. Because they're horrible Any means people. necessary. They're horrible people. See, now that's, you know, that's oh, Nick Saban's approach. That's why he keeps paying players. I, I will say this, too. I, I will say one thing about Bill Belichick's sideline attire. The man wears jogging pants and a cut-off sweatshirt to the pinnacle of his profession. By that logic, why can't I wear you know jogging pants and a cut-off sweatshirt to a wedding? Well, when you make Bill Belichick money, I, th- I don't think they'll care. Yeah, I mean, yeah, money cures a lot of things. Right. <laughs> um, we, we Let's talk about it. I, you've said before that Rex Burkhead is your favorite Husker of all time. Correct. And as you said, it gives short white guys uh, hope. Um, Correct. I, however, want to see Indomitian Sue treat Tom Brady like he treated uh, – that kid from Texas. I can't even remember his name. Colt McCoy. Thank you. I want to see him ragdoll Tom Brady. Ragdoll Tom Brady. Ragdoll. Well, here's the thing. You can't touch Tom Brady. I'm sure you saw this while watching the game. You can't oh, touch, yeah. You can't touch Tom Brady without getting a, a roughing the passer call. So. See, and your mention of that just reminded me what a weird juxtaposition it is to be a Chiefs fan from the time I'm 12, 13 years old and you know, still have an admiration, respect, and like for New England because that roughing the passer on Tom Brady, you know, Chris Jones just hitting him in the chest with his hand, that's one of the worst calls I've ever seen in terms of roughing the passer. I mean, that was just it was garbage. But, that's the thing. I want people to understand this. I like New England. I do not like Tom Brady. He is the greatest of all time, but I just can't stand Brady. I, I will disagree with you on the greatest of all time, and I've said it before. Um... I still put Joe Montana 
up there because and and I get it. I mean, it, it you can't like you could say that Tom Brady's the greatest since two thousand, you know. But Joe Montana, you know, played in a an era where you actually could hit a quarterback, and he did. He didn't have as much protection from the officials. And I'll go back. Yeah, he had to play. He had to play against defenses like you know the '85 Bears, you know the New York Giants under Parcells, like uh, Buddy Ryan's gangrene defense. And and although they didn't have a, a fun nickname, I mean the, some of those Bengals defenses, you know that he met up with in the in the Super Bowls. Uh, Dallas's defense, I don't think at that time was a slouch, you know, and, and that those were always big games, but. It just seems to me, and I know this is sour grapes. I'm get that out on Front Street, but it seems to me that for some reason, Tom Brady has been protected just a little too much by by the league and by officials. Going all the way back to the Tuck Rule, I'll agree with that. So well, I definitely would agree with that. And it's one of the things like quarterbacks have a tough job. You know, they got to be the central processing unit of an offense and got to stand in there and throw the football and, you know, look downfield while trying to throw the football as, you know, a bunch of, you know, four or five, 300 pounders are trying to knock his head off. And so they deserve a little bit of protection, but the amount that the league goes to to protect Brady or to protect other quarterbacks in the NFL is just absurd. There was, I don't want to harp on it. I, I do want to talk more about Nebraska. So let's do that. Let's talk about Husker. I mean, we, we mentioned a couple Huskers in the league particularly, and this is, there There was a chance that this, you know, with the teams not being, you know, decided, the, the Super Bowl contenders not being decided until obviously this past week, and there was a chance that Nebraska's, was a 25-year, you know, former Husker alum in, in the Super Bowl streak was going to be snapped. Uh, and now we've got a couple of them in there, one on each side, uh, you know, stars particularly. But let's go back a week ago or so and talk about a what we think is going to be a future NFL stud, uh, Husker, who really shined at the uh, East-West game. Divino Zigbo had himself a nice little showing there. Yes, he did. And he, you know what, he's going to be... He's going to be a top three round draft pick. He's, you know, he's good in pass protection. He's a great downhill runner between the tackles. He's got nice burst. He's good on the perimeter. Catches the ball well out of the backfield. He's going to make himself some money in the league. And it's, uh, he should be. I mean, obviously they had an opportunity to see him at the Shrine game, and, you know, scouts can. But he should get an invite to the Combine, wouldn't he? Oh, absolutely. And I think I called it the Shrine game, but I, I, I meant the East-West game, so I don't. I think it's different. So Yeah. Um, you know, I think he, as the NFL evolves more to spread offense, you know, spread-to-run principles, air-raid principles, you're going to see a premium be placed on bigger backs, you know, because his defenses start to run lighter personnel out there to defend against, you know, a pass-heavy, spread, passing game-heavy league, you're going to see teams bring in these big tailbacks that, you know, can just bowl over smaller defenders. And, you're st- you know, that's why 
Divine Ozigbo is so effective here, you know, in addition to his physical ability. But, you know, defense would have to bring out lighter personnel against us, and, you know, you have 225, 230-pound tailback, you know, who can run somebody over and make their asses force quit. I mean, we're close to making Northwestern force quit in the fourth quarter in Evanston before we went away from Divine Ozigbo that last 10 minutes, which, you know, Frost is one of the greatest play callers in college football right now, but his decision not to run Zig down the stretch against Northwestern was just kind of absurd, you know, and maybe he's thinking, you know, he's paid the big bucks, you know, so he knows more than I do. But I'm thinking, you know, you got a guy averaging almost nine yards a carry, and the Northwestern defenders, they wanted no part of tackling Zig when he'd get into the open field. One of the things I think I've mentioned it here before uh, in the past, one of the biggest pros, the biggest uh, uh, plus plus sides to Ozigbo is uh, all the tread that he still has on his tires because he was so underutilized under Mike Riley. Oh, absolutely. You know, he's you know he didn't even have very many carries last year. You know, as the he didn't become the starter until, you know, the fourth game of the season. And then even then, you know, Frost's offense would spread the ball around, you know, to so many different people. Uh, we're like the New Orleans Saints of college football, you know, getting everybody involved. That, you know, he there were games where, you know, he'd run for a lot of yards, but he wouldn't even have 20 carries. And, and I think what I saw particularly and, and really – shocked me it shocked me the first couple of times that I saw it then you know you kind of become accustomed to it was uh, and I think you mentioned it a minute ago the uh, uh, the boost of speed that he uh, displayed I, I don't think a lot of people saw that coming but you know he was able to get out uh, in front of some tacklers and and uh, and get some separation going downfield oh absolutely you know against Minnesota, that first touchdown run of the game that he had. Uh, Northwestern is where he really started to show that burst to get out in front of people. And then he had some nice runs against Illinois on some sweet plays, you know, with the quarterback counter going back the other direction. It was on the bash, they call it bash sweep, you know, back away. You know, the back's moving away from the quarterback counter. Uh, He's just outrunning people, you know. And he, you know, before this year... No one, you know, Zig is all, Ozigbo has always been a fan favorite. You know, people always like that bigger back in Nebraska. You know, it's a, when they run, it's an attitude play, you know, that knocks someone over. But I don't think anyone had any, you know, pretenses that Divine Ozigbo was a big play threat. And that was a nice surprise this year that he turned into that big play threat. He ended up putting together a season that I expected a guy like Greg Bell to have you know and Greg Bell is coming out of Arizona Western I thought and you know from what he showed in the spring game I thought wow you know Greg Bell this guy looks like an NFL tailback and then you know you see him get run down from behind a couple of times against Colorado and doesn't do much against Troy or Michigan and you know then they bench him in favor of Devine going into Purdue and after that's all she wrote I mean I Greg Bell transferred for a reason he probably saw the writing on the wall that Divino Zigbo is not giving that job up. I want to talk about another, well, we'll call him a Husker running back 
on his way. Because we didn't get a chance to talk about it uh, on at the early signing period. But before we do that, because we are going to be joined in just a moment by John Dam Johnston, uh, let's talk about what we learned, or I, I should say what perhaps was confirmed last Saturday night at the Polynesian Bowl. How, yeah, how the commitment of Noah Pola Gates. Noah Pola Gates, uh, defensive back, and what that means for uh, that, uh, you know, the, is, is he, he's got day one starting potential, does he not? Well, he's a little on the light side. You know, he's only 165 pounds. So, you know, you wish that he was an early enrollee and he'd get on campus, you know, and start you know, lifting weights under Zach Duvall, but the kind of football talent that he has, you know, he he has, like, day one ability. It's right. just a matter of getting him ready, you know, to go up against Big Ten receivers and tight ends. And it seems like, you know, based on what you just said there, the, the stuff that, I don't know, instinct maybe, the best way to describe it, uh, the stuff that he has, uh, you know, that you can add, you know, r- mass in the weight room and things like that. But, uh, you know, some of the, the more intangibles, uh, you know, he he's either been coached up pretty well to this point or he, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I coached up and, and uh, uh, you know, already had a lot of that intuitively, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Oh yeah, you know, can't teach instinct. That, that, thank you. That's yeah. That's what I was trying to say. Appreciate that. Hey, no problemo. Um. So, but with that, and and uh, I know we mentioned it a little bit when Rick joined us after you know on er, on early signing day when we recorded that night. But with Noah Pola Gates, you also have a now his his cousin. Is already yeah, his cousin Matthew Polamau, the defensive tackle. Is already committed, or? He's likely going to okay. follow suit. That's, uh, that's what I was... I, I'm, I'm glad you pay attention. I... Hey. You're the skipper. No, come on now. I've, you know, I just spin a couple plates, but you do all the, all the, uh, you know, you know. And the heavy lifting. Thank you. See, you're even... It, it, all right, I'm, I'm putting a slight pause on, on the conversation since my train of thought is wrecked anyway. I'm and, the Bill Belichick of this podcast. I hate you sometimes. <laughs> All right. Oh, boy. Here we go. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. What the hell's going on? What the hell is going on with you, Mr. 40 Minutes Late? I wasn't 40 minutes late. This is the established time. No. No, it wasn't. Wasn't it? No. Okay, so I'm 40 minutes late. (laughs) Fuck you. Time traveling's a bitch, I guess. And (sighs) that that reminds me that, uh, if you recall the end of last episode, John did go beyond his quota of F-bombs. So I'm keeping track, and he only gets seven tonight, and anything beyond that I have to bleep out. 
Choose wisely, young one. <laughs> okay, fine. I really just want him to go off on like a rant and it just, you know, 18 of them or whatever, because I'm not actually going to in post-production. I don't do post-production. I don't believe in it. Uh, it's This show is too entertaining and too much fun, and, and usually by the time we're done recording, I'm too tired. <laughs> so, so uh, John, you, you're not on any leash. Have at it, buddy. Okay. So what are we going to talk about? Oh, what what? I'm glad you're joining us already starting our recording a half hour ago. Uh we are now going did, did, to... Did you? Yeah, we did. Oh, okay. You, you joined us in progress. Yeah. Well, okay, you, <laughs> you know what? You got about two minutes and 25 seconds to say your piece. <laughs> Let's talk about the uh, uh, early signee that came in late. Uh, the running back, because we... Uh, John, we just got done talking about uh, Divino Zigbo and how great of a showing he had at the uh, East-West uh, All-Star game. But let's talk about the uh, running back from Garden City Community College, uh, Dedrick, Dedrick Mills. Dedrick sure. Mills. Thank you. Uh, Dedrick Mills. He is, uh, I, I mean, I've read the stories, heard, heard the stories of why his early signing was delayed a little bit. Uh, certainly a, uh, a unique backstory uh, for him, but he's going to be somebody who, you know, comes in and, and, you know, if he puts in the effort and doesn't, Greg Bellett is really going to make a, a, I think, a pretty sizable contribution in, in what's already you know shaping up to be a, a busy running back room. Yeah, I, he's one of those, like I said about Divino Zigbo, you know, a big back running out of the spread, you know, against lighter defensive personnel, and that that's a nice compliment with the. You know, wealth of speed at the skill positions that we already have. You know, I know nothing about this guy because I don't follow recruiting. I I, I uh, rely on you guys for that. I okay, but, well, you could, but I know is hey, I know I know enough to hit all of the right buttons. Like, does he have a good motor? <laughs> is he going to be a gritty back? Or is he going to be a guy who, who never tires and, and gets stronger as the game goes on? And we'll watch him in the early part of this next season grow up right in front of our eyes. Is that you, Mel Kuyper Jr.? Yeah, this is, these are the cliches we use in sports all the time, isn't it? This I mean, is amazing. No, I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, what kind of back is he? He's a, he's a, you know, he played fullback, kind of the fullback, the B-back position at Georgia Tech in their option offense. So, you know, mainly an inside runner. He was a freshman All-American in 2016 at Georgia Tech before getting kicked off the team. And uh, so it's a it's a good get. It's a big-time so get. He's a bruiser. Yes. With okay. Good With good speed. Mm-hmm. So is he, he's Divino Zigbo the second. Yeah, let's see if he has that explosive uh, first step like Divino Zigbo. I don't think Divine got explosive until like the end of last season. Yeah, that Northwestern's where game is where he first started showing that explosion. When he got when it got cold out, he got faster. Oh, so you're saying he's like Jerome Bettis? No, I'm saying he should be like drafted by Green Bay. Actually, that is one of the teams that was scouting him the most this past season. Well, they, well, they some- need they need something. 
And and I hope he doesn't go to Green Bay because I, I fucking hate Green Bay. But think about uh. it though, Husker running backs have had some success in the frozen tundra up north. Uh, I'm yeah. on Green, mm-hmm. uh, Brandon Jackson a little bit. Um, yep. You know, so run out of run out of options, aren't you? <laughs> wow, he's just. Uh, He's good. Has he been, uh, since I missed the first 30 minutes, has he been this uh, kind of, like, spurty? No, you you bring out the worst in us, John. <laughs> I'm glad I could be here for you guys. You see, well, we thought you were, like, shotgunning, like, I don't know where you'd get cans of Mad Dog 2020, but shotgunning cans of Mad Dog 2020 outside with the winos. It's too damn cold for the winos. They've moved south. Didn't I tell you this earlier? Are they in New Orleans? Yes, they would be. <laughs> the gutter creatures. So, uh, Diedrich, uh, that's a nice German-sounding name. Yes, yes it is. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's Diedrich with a C-H at the end, and, and probably I, that would probably be D-E-I-D-R-I-C-H. His is more straight-up D-E-D-R-I-C-K. Don't ask yeah, me how I know so much about the spelling of German names. I haven't been doing any weird Google searches. We just thought you're omniscient. Yeah, we'll go with that. That's what it is. Yeah. Greg Mahachko, the Oracle of Belleville, Illinois. Oh, thank you. You want you want to give my uh, the rest of my address? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, one two three Tom Brady Avenue. Go fuck yourself. Wow. From the host, even everybody's getting in on the act. All right, we're at two f bombs, John. You gotta, you gotta drop one so we make it a hat trick. Oh no, no, I'm gonna be an angel tonight. <laughs> you wouldn't be if you heard what we were talking about you earlier. Oh yeah. my god! Should, should we Keep give him? Kennedy. Should we give him the uh, uh, abridged version, Hoss? Yeah, yeah. Let's give him the abridged version. Let's so, let him know. So, John, as you know, you wrote up the uh, State of Coronation uh, address for the last weekend. And in it, you said something about being 347 years old, give or take. Yeah. And, and I made the comment in the Slack chat room that that really just opened us up to, you know, reaching further back into history with, you know, when we're poking fun at your age uh, on the podcast. You know, we used to just kind of limit it, you know, to uh, Korean War or, 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 you know, at least... American conflicts, uh, but but we we really stretch back and think that you might have uh, uh, been in the Roman gladi- gladiatorial arena, and you might have you might have charged into Rome uh, with Hannibal on uh, on elephants. I know. No. <laughs> we also think that you may have killed and buried Jimmy Hoffa, and that you were the shooter on the grassy knoll. I didn't. No, that was no. not me. No. No, now I I did fight the Germanic tribes with the Romans. Oh, okay, okay. I'm just I'm just notating this for when I go consult with the psychiatrist to put you in an asylum. And, and Haas also believes, and again, this is the abridged version because this went on for several minutes. Uh, wow, Haas also <laughs> believes that you probably have more state secrets uh, in in. Locked away in in your mind that uh, then then we'll ever ever know. You know what's neat about things that are locked away in my mind? You don't even know. You're damn right. They're just in there somewhere. 
Well, that is the government. I got to tell you what. I tell you what. Right yeah. after the first of the year. No, no, it's a couple of months ago, right? It must have been around Thanksgiving. Google sent out a free little Google speaker to everybody who had a Spotify premium account. Okay. Uh, well, I'm on board. Yeah, continue. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got that, and my rotten son was home at the time I got it. Okay, and I am so paranoid about him stealing my stuff. I hid it somewhere in this house, and I have no fucking idea where it is. John. I hate to admit that publicly, but, you know, that's just how my life is sometimes. I just, uh, you know, life just kind of whizzes by, and you go, what did I do Saturday? I don't know. Did Saturday go by already? What the hell? I mean, if you've been around this long... Yeah, Saturdays just roll by, except for the Nebraska football Saturdays. Then each one of those is kind of a little more special than all the other Saturdays. Those roll by pretty quick, too, though. For you know, Sadly, you they wake do. Up, you watch college game day, game comes on, you watch the game, you cuss a lot, you, you go through the five stages of grief, you know, if it's going to be a loss, and then before you know it, you're sitting there watching Pac-12 after dark. Having an existential crisis. John? Yes? What can you tell us about the Wars of the Roses? <laughs> N- nothing. It was uh, thorny. <laughs> that was the worst joke I've ever said on this podcast. Yeah. What was it like being in Ford Theater on April 15th, 1865? You're just going to do this. <laughs> oh. I thought we could talk about... See, the other podcasts, or the other guys have talked about, like, what does Nebraska need to do to get back to, like, the top of the ranks? Okay, we'll, we'll Offensive do Offensive we'll, line, defensive line. We'll do That's that. That's it? That's way too easy. We'll, no, 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 no. Easy. We'll, we'll do that. But first, I want to open it up to the listeners. Uh, if you want to know what it was like, what John experienced, at whatever historical event you uh, care to Google, let us know in the comments, and we'll make sure that uh, we always ask John what it was like in in you know ancient Egypt or uh, you know the Babylonian exile. Uh, John, what was it like running the guillotine in the French Revolution? Okay, that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> that right there, you know, watching the you know most most of the people most of the people just they went right up there. They had a lot of guts, and then you just. Wham! Head gone. You know, blood everywhere. People cheering. Yeah, it was fun. I can't wait. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't fun if you were getting your head lopped off. But you know, for everybody else, it was a great public spectacle. I can't wait to see what the comments are. Uh, remember, life's a series of trade offs. You can comment on Facebook or Twitter or coronation.com or even jitterymonkey.com. I look forward to asking John. These, th- this is going to be the ongoing bit. Uh, y- you know, this is this right here is funnier than anything over at the Big Red Copcast. I said, Take that, Ryan. Wow, I'm going to. Wow, it's okay. I don't think they listen to our show, so they should. bunch of bunch of turncoats. So, uh, getting Nebraska back to the top of the mountain. Uh, I think that could be its own podcast in, episode in and of itself. Okay. That one okay. sounds like that one's right. probably going to have to wait for the latter half of March. Do we want to talk about why, Hoss? Yeah, is this like, uh, do I need to get my prepared statement 
out. Yes, yes, you do. It should be professional. Well, that's how we do things here. Greg Mahachko, (laughs) much like Vince McMahon, fired Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah, Greg Mahachko was fired. No, I didn't. Don't lie. No, I'm just kidding. Don't, 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 I'm not doing a heel turn. Get out of (laughs) here. I'll I'll just pull out a Stone Cold Stunner. Carry on. Yeah. Tell your damn story. Okay, so to the audience of Corn Nation, the Five Heart Podcast, and John Johnson's constituency, right now I am in my third to last semester of getting my teaching degree, and I'm in a practicum over in Council Bluffs that takes up a lot of time, and I'm also juggling 18 credit hours of class with about 20 to 25 hours a week at work, and until my practicum ends on March 14th, I am stepping away from the Five Heart Podcast, effective <laughs> at the end of this episode. Um, this was not an easy decision. Uh, I had to consult with many people. John Johnson was not one of them. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. He was one of, the pe- one of the two people, aside from myself, in the Slack private message. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I'll be back for spring ball. Wait a minute. You mean you told John before you told me? It actually starts up again. If he told me it was one of those things I locked away. That must have been in the same conversation where uh, you were told that we were starting at 7 and not 8. Yeah. Probably. Hey, it was a tough day today. You can go back and reference it. No, it was an ass-kicking of a day today. All right. I feel you, bro. Well, see ya. <laughs> I want This is why I paused, and you were expecting me to tell you why. It's because I keep, you know, it's because I have to deal with people that are hacking into my customer sites and just destroying the shit out of stuff. And it's really frustrating to figure out a how they did what they did, and b the people that are pissed off that it happened in the first place. So it's been, uh, you know. Yeah, I mean, these guys are making money stealing your bank account information and and ripping things to pieces and hacking machines here and there. <sighs> well, I'm glad you're out there fighting the good fight and putting an end to it. Let's kill them. I keep thinking it'd be easier to be a bad guy. I've always wondered. Well, it, Go ahead, John. It might, sure it might, it might, not, be, it might not be easier because they are starting to catch up with these people. And, you know, before they, they always had this kind of attitude like, oh, if you're a hacker, let's give you a good job at a tech organization. It, screw that shit. These people are causing real damage. And, uh, you know, I'd see where, like, last two weeks ago they put some guy away for 10 years for uh, taking down a hospital in Boston because he was a hacktivist. I don't know what kind of an asshole activist you have to be to take a hospital offline for a week. That's not activism. That's jackassism. How about that one, huh? John, you're not the hero we deserve. You're the hero we need. Yeah, there you go. Actually, I'm pretty sure he's probably the hero we need. I mean, we deserve to, so. Yeah. You know, I could be both. Dog 2020 time. drinkers. <laughs> uh, okay, we... But let's go to something fun now. Okay, I'm glad you said that. This Sunday, January 27th, live from Chase Field in Phoenix, Arizona, it's the Royal Rumble. 
Bug out, bug out. Anyway. What the hell is that? The Royal Rumble? Yeah. WWE? Seriously, Joe? I don't pay any attention to that stuff. 30 men <laughs> enter, one one leaves victorious and, and goes on to WrestleMania to challenge for the title. John, you didn't even watch wrestling back in like 85? I watched it when I was, yeah, I watched it years ago. No, 1985, not 1685. <laughs> Eight, 1885. Okay, I remember uh, Bruiser Brody and Maniac yep. Mark Loon. Did you know that Bruiser Brody was uh, uh, shanked and killed in Puerto Rico? Yes, I did. Okay. I did. Mm-hmm. And then it, who were the brothers that had the tragic life? The Von something. Von Erichs. Von Erichs. Yes, yep. the Von Erichs. See, that's, that's the wrestling I watched. And I, I'll tell you a story. I haven't told this one yet. Uh, our Minnesotans for Nebraska had our banquet, our our, lo- our yearly golf outing last like. Oh, I know August. where this is going. Right, I'm and so uh, I don't golf, and I don't think anybody should put up with me on a golf course. So I went into the clubhouse, and I got there a little bit early because normally I like to at least see who's there and maybe chat with him for a while. And, and I walk in, and who is sitting there? I'll tell you but, who. The Iron what? Claw, the the Iron Claw himself. Yeah, B- B- Baron Baron von Rasky. That's right. And his wife and I sat down and I talked to him. Uh, I didn't know this, but the golf guys had started like an hour late, so I sat there and talked to him for probably I don't know a good hour, and it was it was a really fun conversation. I mean, the guy basically told me his his life story, and it was it was it's been a very interesting life for him. Did you um, hit on his wife? <laughs> No, because I didn't want to get my head crushed. <laughs> it would have been, Good you know, I, he's he's an old guy, but you can still see where he put puts that claw out. And you don't want to get stuck in it. But uh, <laughs> I mean, he, he he was an interesting thing. He just happened to run into. He was working up here in Minneapolis at a at a club or at you know at a wrestling thing, and he was doing production and he was helping with the lights and set up the ring. Vern and he said, you. "Mad Mad Dog Vershawn." would walk by the booth he would in and turn and look at him and say, you would make a very good German. And he's like, I don't know what's going on with this guy. But out of just happenstance, Mad Dog Vershawn invited him to go to Quebec. I think it was Quebec. Right? <clears throat> or Montreal. I can never You know, I should have wrote this down. Maybe I did. Well, Montreal is in Quebec, he, so if you say Quebec, you're covering a bowl. Yeah, you're, you're right. You're right. But Mad Dog Vershawn is from there, so that's like his... You know, these guys travel around, and in some places, well, they, back then, when they traveled around, in one place, they'd be the bad guy, and in another place, they'd be the good guy, right? Sure. Yeah, the, the territory days, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so the Mad Dog for Sean went back to Montreal. That was his home, and he was the good guy. So he brought up, uh, uh, at that time, uh, Baron Von Rasky wasn't known as Baron Von Rasky. He was known as Little Jimmy Jimmy Rasky from Nebraska. And, and by the way, uh, your Husker tie-in is he was actually on the, the Husker wrestling team. Yeah, yes, yeah. And he was like all big eight or something like that. It could have been big six back then. But um, the funny thing about this is, is here's how this happens. is You know, it's Montreal, so they, everybody speaks French. We oui. And... and Baron von Rasky doesn't speak any French whatsoever, and he says, "I got up there, and he goes, I had studied some German in high school, so I just started using this guttural 
German stuff in this raspy voice, and basically that's where Baron von Ransky was born. He said that he he was never good at speaking through a mic, never good at doing interviews, but the moment he invented this alternative character, he became really good at it. And I realize that a lot of people are way too young to understand who Baron von Ransky was. You can look him up on the internet. One more thing interesting that he told me. He says, I asked him, you know, when did all the really fake stuff start? And he looks at me, and he's very serious, and he goes, what fake stuff? Yeah. We were wrestling. And I'm like, oh, my God. Keep it, it was, babe. It was, <coughs> so what? Let, let's, let's talk a little bit more about uh, Barron before he was Barron, when he was just uh, James. 1958 Nebraska State High School Heavyweight Championship that he won uh, from Omaha North High School. He was the 1962 Big 8 Conference Heavyweight uh, uh, Champion, of course, for UNL. 1963 World Games bronze medalist. He was a 1964 Olympic team qualifier. There you go. Yep. And in 1985, he was an inductee to the Nebraska Scholastic Wrestling Coaches Association Hall of Fame. Uh, He's uh, in the Cauliflower Alley Club. He is, uh, uh, as you mentioned, the AWA up in uh, uh, Minnesota. Uh, He's in the NWA. Uh, he's in the St. Louis Wrestling Hall of Fame. Oh, man, he knows Ice Cube? Yeah, uh, different NW jacket. Uh, uh, sorry, he, he's uh, he's in the Professional Wrestling Hall of Fame, uh, the class of 2013 as well. Good, good. Uh, uh, I'm glad we were able to tie that, that pro wrestling back to Nebraska. Yeah, it's the, I mean, he's, I'm, the guy's lived an interesting, amazing life. You know, and it was really interesting to talk to him. Him and his wife were very cordial. They sat there and talked to me. And at one point, he looked at me and he goes, I don't know why I'm telling you my life story. And I thought, that's because I can suck a life story out of anybody. I maybe, not, maybe not if it's 345 years worth of life. That would take a lot of water. But, okay, let's go on. I, really, I don't have anything else. John, you have stolen the show. Yes. Did I? As you always do. Like, Con- oh, yeah. like a young Conway Twitty, and also because I asked Hoss uh, earlier if you know when he told me that he had to step aside and focus on academics, which I totally understand. Uh, I said, yeah, "Can we borrow? Stuff. Can we borrow you for forty-five minutes tonight uh, to send you off?" Right. I, I wanted making sure it didn't seem like it was you know a, a TV show where we were just writing him off TV for two months. Uh, like want, you fired me? Yeah, yeah, I didn't fire you. Oh, no, we wouldn't have fired you. We'd have killed your ass. Well, I that escalated that. quickly. Um, and anyway, I asked for 45 minutes, and we've gone. Uh, I, I've borrowed now an hour and 20 minutes of his time, and I feel bad about that, Hoss. Um, well, you know what? I enjoyed You'd that. be a red shirt. What? A he, red shirt. Why, why would I be red shirting? Because you'd be a Star Trek red shirt, the guy that gets beamed down the planet. You know that son of a bitch is going to get wasted by some like floating energy monster guy. My there you go. You're you're a red shirt for the next two three months, whatever that is. My favorite yeah, I'll part. Back. I'll be back. I will be back March 14th. Yeah, we'll have to have the episode where we find your body frozen in a transporter. My favorite part of okay. that is you said red shirt, and Haas immediately thought, uh, I, "Why would I red shirt?" I want to play now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, 
Hey, Coach Greg, I'm transferring. You want me to redshirt? I'm transferring. <laughs> no. Uh, okay, you can, but not to Oregon State. <laughs> That's fine by me. <laughs> uh, so that'll be it. Hey, real quick, are you guys going to watch the Alliance of American Football that premieres on February 9th so you can root on Mike Riley? Forgot all Is about. it a football? Is it football? Yeah, it's football. Is it football that's real football and not this soccer thing they talk about? No, it's not football. It's football. Oh, well, maybe I'll watch it then. I'm holding yeah. out for the XFL and only the XFL. Oh, man. Hell yeah, brother. And I want it to be the way it was meant to be with steel chairs and ladders at the 50-yard line. <laughs> I like it. The way God and Vince McMahon intended. <laughs> yeah, definitely a construct of Vince McMahon. All right. On that note, uh, everybody stay safe this week. Uh, if you don't have to travel, if weather conditions are crap, uh, don't travel. If, if your boss doesn't understand that, tell them that they can come pick you up in their vehicle with their insurance. Or get a new job. Yeah, well, that too. I mean, some people might not be able to afford to do that, but um, but that'll be it for myself, Greg Mahochko, for my right hand, Haas Reuter, for my left hand, John Dam Johnston, who for the next eight weeks is going to become my temporary right hand uh, while Haas is away. We're sending you out one more time the way we always do with the three of us until uh, the middle of March. Reminding you this week and every week that five heart is all the heart you need, John. That hand thing was really bizarre. You're gonna go. For, you're, you're gonna okay. Be, you're gonna be my right hand for a, a, a couple months. Oh buddy. God! How excited are you? I, I'm terrified now. <laughs> okay, go big red. Squat deep, squat heavy, squat often. Win the damn off season. This is a production of the Jittery Monkey Podcast Network. For more jittery shenanigans, go to jitterymonkey.com. Yeah.